Hello and welcome to the Infinity Archives. The Infinity Archives with me! And me. So, what are we doing this week? Well, we're having a look at Planet of the Daleks. We're going to probably have a bit of rubbish news and we'll probably do something else. Let's go! with the news, um, basically the same news as we recorded last time but with a small addition. Um, what addition is that? Well that's the title of the Christmas special has been announced. And what is it? Because I haven't heard it of a Doctor Who Christmas special since last Christmas. <laughs> yep, the new title of the episode, the new Christmas special is going to be called Last Christmas. What? Yeah, it's so... Why, whether that'll be Clara's last Christmas because she might die, I don't know. Well, that hit me with a wham. A wham, get it? A wham! Oh dear. It's like the, the song for last Christmas. Oh, excuse us, listeners. Gabby's just interrupted the podcast. Because that never happens. Hello. What do you think of the title Last Christmas, Gabby? It's like the song for last Christmas. Well spotted, well done. <laughs> and on that bombshell. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the rest of the news now then. Uh, that's Matt Smith has got himself another big movie role, presumably the lead role in the film adaption of the book Patient Zero. I've never read it. Have you? Yes. Is it any good? It's alright. It's, you know, zombies, you know, loads of action. It was alright. Mind you, that said, I never read the second or third books in the series, so make of that what you will. Okay. <laughs> Um, the veteran actor and former Doctor Who companion, uh, Bernard Cribbins, has been given the annual J.M. Barry Award for a lifetime of unforgettable work um, with children on stage, film, and television, and record. So that, that's clapping sound effect. Well then, Mr. Cribbins. Well very richly deserved. I know you don't know much about him apart from Doctor Who, but certainly growing up in the 70s and 80s he was a huge stalwart of kids TV. We've got the Wombles, we've got Jack and Nori, endless repeats of the Railway Children. My daddy, my daddy, my daddy, my daddy. So yeah, very richly deserved. Cool. And our last bit of news before we move on to Planet of the Daleks is the BBC Worldwide have announced the, the set tours of the Doctor Who experienced TARDIS. That was so much fun. Um, uh, we'll commence uh, all the way up now until the 14th of December. Oh, how jolly. So that means they'll probably be redoing either sort of revamping, not revamping, um, cleaning up and making sure everything's working for filming. Up the sweetie wrappers. Yeah. Okay. Filming commencing in uh, January for Series 9 mm. with General Louise Coleman um, as Clara. Or, or is it? Hasn't actually been confirmed. Mm. So. Series 9, yeah. Yeah. can't wait. 
So, um, is, do you have any other news? No. Well, neither do I, so that leads us nicely on to Planet of the Daleks. Planet of the Daleks, 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 Daleks. Dilly-dum, 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 Get down, ship. What? Okay. What did we think? Well, I've got... I thought rather than just have a dry and rather laborious review, what I've done is picked out my ten best things about Planet of the Daleks. But first, my worst thing. Dalek Emperor. Torch for an eye stalk. What's that all about? Rubbish. Just rubbish. So here we go. The top ten things I like about Planet of the Daleks. No, 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 no. This is my list. It's written down on everything. In no particular order, number one. Hang on, how could be a top ten list and it's in no particular order? Because it's ten. Okay. Number one, jungle set. Great interior jungle set that looks really good. And I like it. Me too, I thought they did that very well. It's quite evocative for one in the studio. Loses a bit when it sort of transfers between the quarry outside and then the back to the jungle and then the quarry. But hey. Still good. I liked it. Number two, spitting plants. Plants that spit goo. What more do you want in a jungle? I can't agree more. And a great sound effect, that sort of... Love it, love it. Number three, Prentice Hancock. You know him, you love him. He's been in Space 1999, he's been in the Reboss operation, always plays the grumpy fella. And in this, he's particularly grumpy. But he's good. He's value for money. He plays the part well. We like him. And he sort of stands out from the rest of the Thals, who you could argue are a little bit wishy-washy. Yeah, we like him. Definitely my favourite Thal. Number three. It's Terry's greatest hits. Terry Nation. He uses all his plot devices in this one story. We've got the jungle. We've got the killer plants. We've got the detonation of bombs. We've got a countdown. We've got escape. We've got people hiding in Daleks to escape. We've got more escaping. We've got people getting locked up so they can escape some more. It's brilliant. Definitely. And of course, we've got an ice cano. Lovely. All it needs is someone called Tarrant and we've got the full set. Number five. Lots of Daleks. Yeah. Now, some Dalek stories, you have two or three, maybe even four Daleks trundling about. There's loads in this. Granted, half of them have got nobody in, so they're just sort of standing in the background doing nothing. But there's hundreds of them, and we love them. This is a proper Dalek story where the Daleks have loads of scenes, where they're planning, where they're going to eradicate and exterminate and emancipate and other things ending in K. It's brilliant. Fair enough. Number five, the moralising. Don't make war a game. Don't glorify it. Now, this comes in for a lot of stick from a lot of people when Poet Pertwee sort of gets on his sort of soapbox. But come on, stand back. You've got to realise that everything he says is applicable. Everything he says is true. You know, and it's relevant to the story. And I love it. 
Yep, definitely. I think they work really well. I've never had a problem with them. No, and, you know, I really do like it. And I think, you know, Pertwee delivers them absolutely brilliantly. And I think, you know, people often forget that he was a really good actor. And I think when he does do these speeches, they're really good. He delivers them well and, you know, gives a bit, a bit of meaning and a bit of passion. And I like that. And you get the whole courage isn't courage isn't afraid of that that speech very good number six the pacing yes these are quite well directed it's six episodes but they bounce along lovely they don't feel padded they don't feel sort of stretched even though it's people being locked up and escaped like we've already said but it just bombs along nicely and it's a nice little action-packed adventure number seven toy dalek army come on an army of louis marx daleks getting covered in shaving gloop in a cage we love it definitely i thought that was very sort of effective well not not effective but it was good it was enjoyable number eight or is it number nine katie manning brilliant brilliant in this story especially in episode one where she has to sort of deliver not just a resume of the plot but a sort of rundown of the plot of the last story and has to act on her own in the TARDIS. Brilliant. And number 10. The novelisation. Now, when I was growing up, we didn't have your DVDs. We didn't have your videos and all your blarney nonsense. We had to make do with Target novelizations. And as a kid, I loved the novelization of Planet of the Daleks. It sounded like the most exciting and brilliant adventure thing that you could imagine. I loved it. Definitely, it's, it's probably in my top five target books of all time. So yeah, I know this story gets a lot of stick, and I can understand the problems people have with it. The moralising, the fact that it's just reusing old tropes, the fact that it's all set in the jungle. But these are the things that make it brilliant. Huge fun. I've definitely enjoyed this story so much. I mean, we watched it as part of the blog, uh, which is willsdwrewatch.blogspot.com. Read it. Yeah, it's, it's very informative. I wouldn't go that far, but read it! Well, that's just rude. But yeah, I enjoyed the story so much. Episode 1's probably my favourite out of all of them because we get Katie Manning in a penultimate story um, and we finally get to see what how she copes on her own without the Doctor and how she deals in an emergency crisis. I mean, if this story had been, like, Series 8, then it wouldn't she wouldn't have been able to do because I think that her character develops over the three years she's in. And it's got furniture by Ikea in the first episode that we never see before or since. Love it, love it. Let's have more furniture in the console room. Love it. There wasn't much furniture in the console room as I yesterday. Sorry. Hang on, there's somebody at the door. Who can that be? Well, he's unshaven. He's big, and he smells faintly of leeks. It can only be... Welsh Terry. Hello there, lads. How are you doing? How are you doing, Terry? Well, you've been watching Planet of the Daleks that we lent you. What did you think? Well... Well, boys, it was a right laugh, I tell you. A right laugh. You know, I thought it was going to be boring like that other one with the caterpillars and, and that one. What was that one with the big bloody one-eyed thing? What? The one-eyed thing with the ice warriors and that thing it was googling everywhere. like The oh. one with the big head and the eye. The Curse of Peladon. My, what well, was bloody rubbish, that was. I didn't know what that was all about. I, well, that was rubbish. No, I didn't like that one. But this one, yeah, this was all right. This had people running around the jungle and... And, and, and like some, some swearing that you didn't realise was swearing. What? 
swearing that you didn't realise were swearing. The Daleks were swearing. When were they swearing? You know. No, not really. Oh, I think I know what you mean. Do you? Yes. This what? This bit. That's the honey. My gosh, I, I was I was on the floor. I was weak. I was weak with that. And then this this like Emperor Dalek thing comes back at the end bit, and it's he's got like a torch. He's got like an ever ready torch. Like I used to get in Woolies for one ninety nine as a bloody eye stalk. What's that all about? I don't know. Well, it's just bloody rubbish, isn't it? Just bloody rubbish. It's to show. Well, it's just rubbish. It's just nonsense. Who has an eye stalk? That don't make no sense to me. Well, it's to show his authority, isn't it? You say so. Do you know where this Dalek actually comes from? Um, Scarrow. No, I mean the prop. No. Wait, it's a redesigned version of one of the movie Daleks with Peter Cushion. Oh, I seen that. I seen that on the telly when I was a nipper. Yeah, that's mad. That is, isn't it? That's how I'm with um. Uh, oh no, what's the guy? Record breakers. Record breakers. If you wanna be a record breaker. Bernard Cribbins. Bernard Cribbins. He's bloody brilliant. He is. He's just won an award. I saw it on the telly. Bloody good. He was on Jack and Nori. I liked him. Yeah, he's good. Ah, uh, we like him. But yeah, I give this a double thumbs up. Right, I'm off down the club now because they're just about to open. Yeah, well, I really enjoyed Planet of the Daleks too, Terry. That's Bye, nice. boys. Nice speaking to you, Terry. Well, that's been lovely, boys. Send us another one, though, but not like that um, one with the bloody ice warriors. That was bloody rubbish. Uh, send us one like this. That was good, it was. And, and your old, you know, your old Wurzel Gummidgeon, he was good. Yeah, see you all. Right, uh, there he goes. Down the hill, off the pub. Do you reckon we should send in Monster of Peloton as a laugh? No. Probably I best. I don't think he'd enjoy it. Probably best actually. What is he? Uh, he's going down the pub. Anyway, yeah, Planet of the Daleks is great. I mean, I really recommend it. It's so much fun. Like I said, I love the Katie Manning episode at the beginning. I love Pertwee and the speeches, and I love the bit with the Dalek being pushed into the ice, uh, ice f lake, and the ice volcanoes look great, and the claustrophobia you get that sort of feeling. And yeah, basically, um, I recommend the story to anybody who's looking for a little bit of light enjoyment with the Daleks and. You something that you don't have to think too much about but um, something that basically I enjoyed more than series 8 but then again that's not really hard we're not knocking season 8 this is going to be a positive I review that's why we've chosen one that we like yes we do we really like this one so uh, get it because it comes with a box with them um, frontier in space and it leads on nicely from frontier in space um, and I think the way it starts off with the resolution to cliffhanger fits in really well with the story as well um but yeah i can't recommend this one enough really it's great good fun super duper and now dear listeners we finish with an ex exclusive feature by mr william lloyd who yesterday had the pleasure the fun and the honor to go to the doctor who experience on cardiff what follows next is his pure unexpurgated thoughts of his day out. Please enjoy. Well, from one thing I enjoyed to another thing I enjoyed even more. Yep, yesterday I went with fr friends, family, and off to the Doctor Who experience in Cardiff. And when we got there, you get into the big building and you are greeted by the lovely people, the lovely staff members. And there's lots of nice things on display, like Daleks and the TARDIS, and there was Ice Warrior and some. I didn't angels. go. I just want to make that abundantly clear. I didn't go. I don't get to do nothing, me. Oh, I've been asking you to go loads of times. Yeah, well, I, I'm not made of money, mate. I'm not made of money. I've got no money, mate. 
it's actually quite a good deal because um, we we booked it not just with a general admission ticket we booked it with TARDIS tours as well so when we got there we just missed the first um, tour by about five minutes so we had to wait about ten minutes for um, the next tour guide to arrive but and um, that was great because I popped off to the shop and bought three big finishes and a target book more on those later but when, by the time we came back down and I'd finished browsing the shop which is a nice shop uh, we were greeted by uh, two members of staff um, one was taking one group into the interactive part and one was taking our group of about 15-20 people uh, across the road down to the Rothlock Roth Studios where they keep the TARDIS set and they split you into small groups and you go up there into the TARDIS set and if you've been on the experience just fast forward this bit because you probably know what, what, what it's like but yeah whatever but yeah, the fact is that when you're waiting to go on the TARDIS set, you don't just sit there impatiently and in silence. You sit there and the, the uh, staff members and tour guys, they get you talking and you talk to the other people that are there. And it was a pretty good experience, really. They all seemed nice and the, the staff were uh, interested and they, you could see they enjoyed what they were doing. But uh, yeah, you walk up these steps and there's the TARDIS doors and you open the TARDIS doors on, onto the set. Uh, there's a video which I'll put up on the, a link somewhere of walking onto the set for the first time. It was great. Seriously, um, it's massive. It looks, it's really massive in real life and the lights are great. Got to take loads of pictures in there and it was, it was really good. Um, worth it, really worth it. We spent about 10 minutes on the actual set in total and it, we couldn't go, go around the whole console but we were allowed to walk down the console and go out the tunnel used in, uh, what's the, what's their story? Journey to the center of the TARDIS, yep, that's the one and back out onto the set then. So after that buzz of excitement, we walked back over to the, ex the the actual experience itself and we were over there in the set again. So we had to wait for five minutes just for the interactive part to finish. So I went up to the shop and bought another big finish and done the target book. Just to keep me going like. Um, but when we got there we were given time crystals which were these nice little you're not quite there yet, you're just going to have to fast forward a bit more. We were there and we were given these crystals which were lit, which were lit up and... Just keep going, you'll, you'll hit it, don't worry. Which were basically our passes to say, show we hadn't actually gone, we were paid and everything. So as we got in there, there was this... We were greeted by the, Gallif the curator of the Museum of Gallifrey who introduced us to a video clip which was all, the, all sound and clips from the show and it was presented by... Lala Ward playing Romana, and it's a really nice little video. It's only about she used to be a Doctor Who if you were a kid, and she was present. She was presenting the video. It was about seven to ten minutes long, and it was a sort of background of who the Doctor was, even though most people going were obviously going to know who the Doctor not is. Not canon, but yeah, there was. Is it canon? No, it's not even. It's not like a, the adventure itself. I would like to think is canon. Really? Yes. <laughs> but. Yeah, after we watched that video... What, along with Dimensions in Time, so it's outside? No. Um, the curator used the time-space visualiser to... like the Doctor? Yes. Thank you. To pinpoint the Doctor's exact location. The spread a bit more, spread a bit more, nearly there. The TARDIS appeared on the screen, and he was shown being attacked by these sort of outer-space jellyfish, sort of, and they leached onto the TARDIS, which caused a few of the smaller children to scream in terror, but, you know, it's all part of the fun. Oh no, that came out. I like out. jelly. That, yeah. Green jelly, I like. Do you? Blackcurrant as well. Blackcurrant. Oh, I love blackcurrant. 
But that was when we were told that the museum, and then that all the lights went off, and we were told the museum had lost power, and we had to evacuate. But then the screen split in half and opened. As we walked into that, we walked into the heart of the TARDIS, where there were all the dangly bits from Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS, all lighting up, and our crystals started vibrating and lighting up different colours along with the walls and everything. And then all of a sudden, Peter Capaldi came on a screen and started talking to us. And he was basically introducing what we were going to be doing and called the curator a boy-girl dress. A boy-girl in a dress. But uh, yeah, he told us that he was going to land the TARDIS inside itself, and this this clip was introduced with him on the reconstruction of the Adventure into Space and Time TARDIS set. So he was pressing all the buttons on that, and he landed inside, he landed the TARDIS, and to the left of us, there was like a nice screen, which filled with smoke, and there was like a wind machine, and then <coughs> the TARDIS sound effect was the loudest I've ever heard it. And when you see the TARDIS appear in front of you, the sound effect is about ten times better. And then we walked onto the TARDIS and into a smaller version of the Matt Smith TARDIS, where we each had to sort of get to a panel, and on these panels there was a joystick, and then um, we all started moving them, and suddenly Peter Capaldi flashed on the screen again. This time in Peter Davison's. That sounded bad, didn't it? Yeah, Peter Davison's TARDIS uh, from the five, the five Doctors onwards TARDIS, and he's pressing all the buttons on that. I'm commenting how he misses proper buttons. Um, so we were on that, and we had to move the TARDIS, the joystick in front of us around, and the floors we were on would move and jiggle as if we were flying the TARDIS. And suddenly, we landed on this orange, desolate planet. You'll never guess what it is. Go on, guess what the planet was. Mars. Nope. Orangina. Nope. Orangenus. No, we landed on Scaro. Oh, Scaro. Yeah, I was going to say that next as well. So we walked out the doors to our right. Scaro orange? Well, it wasn't video. On the dead a, planet, well, I saw. Brownie or Destiny of the Daleks come to that. Or Genesis of the Daleks. Quite grey then, really. Sorry. Yeah, so we walked out of the doors of the Daleks. and down the corridors using Asylum of the Daleks and every corner there was damaged Daleks. And we walked into this room and suddenly the voice of Nick Briggs came on the screen and was warning us that we landed on the planet Scarrow. He came on and said, we love stories. And he started talking about how he, uh, yeah, how he landed, landed on the, on the planet Scaro. So once that had happened, we had to, we were seeing these Daleks, these damaged Daleks, which we obviously thought were powered down, but obviously they were going to move. But we had to, we were told by Peter Capaldi, who came on another screen this time in David Tennant's TARDIS, and told us that he had, he, we had to find a crystal that would glow. It would, bigger version of the crystals Hello, we were this wearing. Is the crystal maze now, you've, you've, you've wandered into the crystal maze. Da -da 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 -da. No. Uh, I, stop the clock, stop the clock, I've got the crystal, stop the clock. Uh, do you want to know where the crystal Boil was? The <laughs> do you want to know where the crystal was? I dread to think. It was inside the ball of a Dalek, the Dalek lumps, and uh, we had, to, and the, we needed a volunteer to select the crystal and pull it out of the Dalek. Well, who would volunteer for such a potentially dangerous task like that? Well, I volunteered myself, and I was chosen. So I walked up it's on. It's not as if we rehearsed this rubbish, you know. And I walked up onto this onto the platform, and with the curator's help, I pulled the crystal out, and it started to glow. And I t I was told I had to look after this with my life. But then, as soon as I got on the stage, the Dalek started. It. No, I was close to actually, but I didn't. The Daleks were close to. Powering up, and they. <laughs> anyway, you pulled out this crystal. Yeah, the crystal was pulled out, and the Daleks started to power up. So while the curator was busy trying to get the, re the next door open, these Daleks were screaming "exterminate" at us. And there's one thing seeing the Daleks ex scream "exterminate" at the Doctor on TV, 
but it's a whole new thing to have them swing and exterminate at you while moving towards you. And as I turned around, one of the Paradigm Daleks, but it was quite damaged, so it wasn't actually colourful. Not that you'd be able to see with the light and smoke and everything. But the smoke <laughs> started. And the Dalek began to glide towards us. And as it did, it started screaming exterminate, and I looked the Dalek straight on in the eye, and I said... Well, I actually didn't say anything. Keep going, spool a bit more. <laughs> but my friend said to me, we have to go now, and I said, we have, we have to agree. So I looked at this Dalek, I looked it in the eye, and we walked on to a completely dark room. And suddenly, the Daleks were gone, and we were into a completely pitch, pitch black room. Suddenly, I recognised a familiar sort of noise, and it the light, the lights flickered on, and we saw about twenty weeping angels, and little baby weeping angels, um, in this room, uh, which would send a few more kids screaming in terror. So uh, we had to walk around the maze of the dead, not blinking obviously, and um, there were these little alco alcoves and I walked up straight into the middle of one expecting the Weeping Angels to be right at the back, but the light flashed on and it was right in front of my face, which was pretty cool. What, your face or the light? The Weeping Angel. Ah. So we obviously there was another crystal to find and uh, I found it, but I didn't take it, I let someone else take it obviously. The crystal was pulled out and we walked on to the next stage, which was... Go on, guess. Uh, the shop. No. Um, the TARDIS. Nope. Gallifrey. No. Um, Proxima Centauri. No. The Space Museum. No. Toilet. Toilet. No. I don't know. We walked on to a reconstruction of the Totters Lane junkyard, and on the screens was Peter Capaldi in his own, in Peter Davison's TARDIS once again, telling us that there was one more crystal to be found, and then once we'd done that, we placed all the crystals to banish the squid jellyfish space things and as as that had been done we were wearing our 3D glasses we looked up at the screen and there were weeping angels flying at us and a Dalek extending its sucker toward me Pardon. and but once we did that we banished it and the TARDIS was safe and we'd saved the universe Hurrah. so that was the end of the interactive bit and it was quite enjoyable really it was good fun you know it was, it was a yeah stop stop forwarding now you're there well done so yeah that was a a fun little experience there. See where it gets its name from. We weren't allowed to take any pictures or record in there because that's their main attraction and they didn't want us to spoil the adventure for other people, which is understandable, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it was really good fun and it was all well designed and well lit. And, and after that, then there's a bit of a display, yeah? There were two floors of displays and ex exhibitions. The first, gr the ground floor mainly contained reconstructions with the TARDIS sets. There was the Adventure in Space and Time set, which we walked straight onto after coming out with a, with a sign on the outside saying Lime Grove Studio D and that was a really well done set it looked great, they were well lit and I took quite a few pictures and then we walked around onto the Radiophonic Workshop reconstruction Cool, and then there's a bit of a shop much in the shop? Was it a big shop? I haven't finished the exhibition I love a shop, I love a little shop I haven't finished the exhibition I love yet a little shop, I So there was David Tennant's artist there as well as well as Peter Davison's I love a little shop, yay yeah. And there was Bessie and Who? Bessie I don't know her and on the upstairs there were Daleks, Cybermen, Melkers, Sontarans. It does not become us to mock Melkur. Yetis, etc, etc. And they were all really well Yetis presented. Yetis are <laughs> I get it. And as we walked toward the shop and the exit, there was a concept Eggs. designs all Exterminate. Concept designs all over the wall and little mini displays from each episode of Series 8 up until Caretaker. Um, including the Skullfold Splitzer. And it was all, they looked quite nice. There were lots of costumes on display. And the concept designs on the wall look really nice. They look like 
some kind of fancy wallpaper. And that's it on the exhibition. Fascinating. So in the shop, then there were lots of people because we'd all come out sort of together then, and the shop was quite crowded. So would you recommend it? The whole thing was absolutely amazing. Um, so would you recommend it for certain ages, or for small children, or adults, or a mixture? I think, I think it's a family thing. A family thing. Yeah. So yeah, th I really would recommend it to uh, everybody of all ages. There's plenty of stuff to do there in the shop. You can buy things from T-shirts to big Finnish audios and books and magazines and sonic screwdrivers. Seriously, there were a lot of sonic screwdrivers in that room. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And if anyone from BBC Enterprises is listening, this has been a positive review. Send us some free tickets. Thank you. It would be very, very greatly appreciated. So that's basically it for my fun day out in Cardiff. I'll put some links to some pictures in the description so you can see. We hope you've enjoyed this very special episode of the Archives of Infinity. So yeah, I've, we hope you've, I hope you've enjoyed it too. And we will be back uh, just after Christmas to review the latest, to uh, I mean episode written by Stephen Moffat, Doctor Who, Last Christmas. In which Doctor Who beats Santa, Ivy. No, no, don't. He's done it before in TV comic. I'm sure it's probably just an adaption of that story. Was it a good story, though? I don't know. I never read it. <laughs> it seemed a silly idea to me. Anyway, dear listeners, we thank you. We love you. Please send us some feedback to see if you agree with our thoughts. Or maybe if you don't just want to tell us that you don't agree with our thoughts and that you don't like us and you don't love us anymore. Maybe you do love us. I don't know. Let us know. By email, text, tweets, or some such the like. I hand you over now to the capable hands of Mr. Will Lloyd. Thank you, and I love you all. Yep, the contact details will be in the description, but there's one key contact you need to know, and that's the Infinity Archives at Outlook.com. Send all your feedback to that, and we'll read them all out in the show. Thanks, and see you next time. You have been listening to the Infinity Archives featuring Will and Gareth Lloyd. No copyright infringement is intended, and we appreciate all comments which you can email, tweet, and Facebook to us. Or you can leave a comment on the blogs or on the YouTube page. You can download this episode on our SoundCloud stream where this episode will feature for four weeks, and then you can listen on YouTube. See you in two weeks.